Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. The Safe Haven Podcast is a space for you to be real, raw, emotional, vulnerable, hilarious, and or completely carefree. This podcast offers a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life, and a judgment-free zone. Join me and my powerful guests as we dive into a variety of conversations and topics. Listen from where you are, as you are. Think, laugh, and cry along with us, whether you're in your car, in your kitchen, chasing your kids, running your business, caregiving for someone that you love, getting a mani-pedi, while you're in the hospital, a treatment center, sitting on the deck, on the dock, or out for a run. These weekly stories and messages will hit you right in the heart, fill up your cup, and recharge your spirits. Joining me today is me, TGIT. Thank goodness it's Thursday style. Some days, uh, some Thursday releases, I've been switching it up a little bit and I will have a guest, kind of more like a a present day guest with me, Uh, you know, wherever I am in the world or whether I've been crossing the country or whether I'm in Bali or wherever I'm at, um, you know, throwing something into the mix has been really interesting as well. Uh, But yeah, so today is actually just me. I had a bunch of people reach out and ask me about some of the photos that I've either been posting on the Instagram page, which is just the Safe Haven podcast on Instagram, or any that I've actually been sharing to Facebook as well. You know, where is this? Oh my gosh, what's the story? Whatever. So I kind of wanted to to give a bit of a trip update because I have been a bit, not that I've been distant or quiet, but you know, this, this trip to Bali has been way more introspective, reflective, a little bit emotional than I could have anticipated. However, it's been more than I could have expected in the best ways possible. Uh, It it came at a time where, I mean, even though I booked it months ago, just for the time in my life that that I'm actually here and the space that I've kind of needed from certain things going on in my life, um, you know, really setting up some, some goals and, and, just some visions that I want for the fall and even into the beginning of 2020, what I'm hoping to see happen in my life. Goal setting, vision board, planning style. You know, it's been really good to be removed enough from my goings on in Canada to just be so far away that life is still rolling back home, but I have some time uninterrupted to explore, to dive deep, to be alone, to feel lonely, to, um, you know, look at some of the goals that I want to chase and that I want to see um, or you know I want to see develop and I want to just see the progress of when I actually get home so yay Bali you have been such a blessing you have come at a time where I could not have even anticipated would be as perfect as it is Um, and I'm not going to dive deep into the emotional side of it just yet I think that I might do a little bit of a wrap-up of that towards the end but um because there's been so much interest in like, what are you doing? Where are you going? What are you seeing? Who have you met? That kind of thing. That's what I really wanted to elaborate on for, for this particular release. So hang tight. Here we go. Anyway, so um, I think in the last TGIT that I had done, I might have mentioned something about going on some solo adventures. So from August 20th to August 23rd, I went to a place called Gili Tea or Gili Trowangan. And it's one of the Gili Islands. And I wish that I could show you a map as to where this is. However, if you have Google, which I'm probably sure you do, if it's on a device or if you're in front of a computer or whatever you're doing, and you Google the Gili Islands in Indonesia, they are stunning. 
so actually where I'm staying at Juliet, this is kind of my home base. Again, Juliet, you are a legend, a rock star. I appreciate you so much. And being able to have a home base has really changed my trip in such a, such a good way. I'm able just to travel a little bit lighter and, you know, just take a mini little backpack as opposed to carrying my carry-on bag around with me. So yay for that. So I went up to Gili T. I took a shuttle over, which was really neat too. Guys, if you've never been to Southeast Asia or Indonesia or Bali in particular, um, or really anywhere with a large, busy population that a lot of people drive uh, little scooters and motorbikes, <laughs> Ooh, it's next level. Um, their driving is quite aggressive. Uh, it often seems like there is no rhyme or reason for how they are driving or where they are driving. Uh, the amount of times that they beep a horn, I kind of laughed when I actually first got here because sometimes they beep their horn to say hello or get out of my way, what the hell are you doing, or I'm right behind you, or just letting you know that I'm going to be passing you. There's so many different beeps, uh, but all the beeps have just become, you know, background noise for me right now and it's become something that I'm more used to hearing. But the, the guy that was actually taking us over in the shuttle, he just punched it there because he'd actually been running an hour, an hour later, uh, having been stuck in a traffic jam. So he, he picked me up and he hustled. And I had booked this, this trip actually through True Adventure or True Travel. Um, I think they go by both. And they've been really great. So they were very supportive in helping me book that. I'd also kind of done some research and some people had said, if you're actually going to be booking more of a round trip or a series of one-way little ferry trips and tickets and things throughout the islands, you're better to do so from a company that can just give you everything start to finish, that they can kind of help you out with some of the paperwork and the ticketing. Because once you're actually on the islands and you need to get back, that's often when they'll, they'll upcharge. So I'm very happy that I took that advice because it was seamless. And I took the Ekajaya, the fast boat from uh, Padang Bay, which is in Bali. And I took it over to Gili T. And Gili T, so my first impressions there is if, you, if you've been, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't been, I'm going to try and describe it as best I can. So the Gili Islands, it's Gili T is the furthest to the west. Then there's Gili Meno in the middle. And then there's Gili Air, which is uh, the closest to Lombok. They're super small. So and just uh, in, in perspective, Gili... Gilly T is the biggest and the circumference of it, or I guess the perimeter of circumference, not a circle, but whatever, uh, is about seven kilometers. Uh, and so I, I get there, there's no cars in the island, there's no scooters, uh, well there might be a few that kind of pull around these garbage things, um, but there are so many horses pulling around these little buggies and all of these horses are, you know, they've got bells on them or the, the little carts that they pull around have bells on them, so they're just jingling. They sound like a sleigh, like Santa's sleigh. <laughs> and they're pulling around tourists, uh, you know, or taking them to their accommodation, so they're often full of their bags, um, or they're just carting them around in little groups, taking them between bars if they're bar hopping, or down the beach, or wherever they need to go. There are so many people. And what I, what I kind of know now that I didn't necessarily know going to Gili T was that Gili T out of the three islands is the party island. So not that I'm a huge partier, but it was probably good to start there considering it was just so full of people. Um, but, and talk about dogs and bikes and like the ding ding bell from bikes and stuff, because there, again, there's no rhyme or reason for what direction people are going. And for us in North America, they actually drive on the opposite side of the road. So you, you kind of have to wrap your mind around that too, that you know if you're used to driving on the one side of the road, you're now driving on the other or walking, same sort of thing. Even when you're passing people, uh, you know how in North America, because we drive on the right-hand side of the road, often when we're passing people 
or there's laneways or anything like that, you generally pass the same way. You would walk on the right. Well, no, <laughs> it's the opposite here. And if it even is even slightly organized, because often it's, it's really not, it's just a free for all. So that was, that was quite interesting for me to figure out. My first impressions though were just like, wow, this is busy. There's a lot of people. These poor horses are just ripping around this island, pulling people around. Um, but yeah, here we go. Here I am. Now, someone had told me, his name's Ollie, and he actually works for True Adventure. Thank you, Ollie. Ollie had given me the biggest heads up about an app that I can download and stay on airplane mode that will actually, once I'm on Wi-Fi and I can download the, the particular maps as to where I'm traveling, that it will actually still track me with GPS when I'm on airplane mode. I debated getting a SIM card. Usually I do, or I'll travel just with a little unlocked phone. Um, you know, if I need it, I can just chuck something in there. But I tend to just make enough plans or, or organize myself ahead of time that I can just use Wi-Fi <laughs> and I haven't had any issues with it since. So Maps Me, the app, has actually really changed my traveling life for that way. Um, but now when I tried to find the Airbnb, man, it was hot and it was humid and I was quite tired after the boat ride across and the waters were quite rough and I didn't get motion sick or anything like that, but I was I was pretty tired having been in the, the car for about an hour and a half and then I waited around for a little while and then you know, to be on this boat and the swell was huge and the waves were big. So by the time you actually get somewhere, if you've, if you've ever traveled on um, boats and ferries or in wild vehicles in Indonesia or Southeast Asia, sometimes when you're done and you're actually sitting still, you kind of feel like you're still moving. So I definitely needed to chill out for the rest of the day. <laughs> Finding the Airbnb though was a bit of a trick too, because the location of it wasn't as accurate as I had thought. So I did a few laps. Now these roads on Gilly T and Gilly Meadow and Gilly Air even, they're not paved. They're just little dirt roads or hard packed sand um, and little like rocks and things like that here too. But because they aren't really well labeled, you know, you're just kind of wandering around these back narrow alleyways. There's bikes, you know, dinging their horns at you or the little bells at you. Um, there's these horses that are flying around and bikes and a combo of tourists and islanders that are there so I eventually got there um, and to my Airbnb and I won't out the Airbnb that I was at but it definitely did not look like the photos um, so that was a little bit confronting considering like I'd paid I'd paid enough to you know have a place that actually had a decent shower with some warm-ish water nah, didn't have that um, even in the in the bathroom um, which is not new to me. I've seen this before, but it was quite interesting in this way because it was quite a small room and the toilet and the shower were in the same room, but the shower, it was um, like up where a shower head would normally come out. But instead of being something that would actually spray or kind of shower you what you would expect, this thing just came out like a hose. It was just a pipe in the wall and it just bucketed water on me. No matter how, how slowly I turned on the tap, it just it just flowed water out. So I guys, I tried to conserve or like I'd turn it off if I was shampooing or conditioning, but yeah, it was a bit cold. I ended up meeting, um, well, there were these two guys that were on the boat, um, that were on the boat right across. And I ended up actually recognizing them because the one guy, Chris, had actually let me out in front of him on the, on the boat. And now I had recognized these guys. So when I actually decided to go out for dinner because I was starving, I went out for dinner and they were actually there. So I ended up meeting up with them and we had some great conversations and just shot the shit about our trips. And then I ended up going out for a few drinks with them. They were great. They're both from the UK. Chris and Dave. Hi, Chris and Dave, if you're listening. I don't know if you're going to be listening. But they're super cool dudes. And uh, they both work in banking and finance and 
fintech or finance technology is what Chris works in. <laughs> I've never heard that term until people from the UK talk about it. But so during my time in Gilly T, um, I spent some time really, really turning inwards, to be honest. Um, this is what I said that I wasn't really going to dive deep into, but I might just kind of skim the surface of, is for someone who is so used to traveling alone, and there is a difference between being alone and feeling lonely. And feeling lonely is something that I very rarely experience because I'm that introvert-extrovert combo. And, you know... I know when I need to be alone. I know when I need to be surrounded by people or, you know, touch base with, with a bestie or a family member or something like that. But I was actually, um, I was almost overwhelmed with this feeling of loneliness that I had that I didn't really know how to combat because I, I, again, I don't experience that very often. So I think just a combo of, um, you know, you're traveling, you're alone. It's, it's not even that I was away from home for too long. I think that it was just the consistency of how many days I had just been doing my own thing, surrounded by people that are in couples or are with a best friend or a sibling. And then it kind of hit me, you know, even though I'm not chasing a relationship at this point, it's very much something that I am seeing some cool stuff, you guys. And as much as I can write about it, it's so nice to share that with someone and share it with someone that you know down the road you're going to be able to talk about it or reminisce about it and that could be a sunset that could be your first impressions of gilly tea that could be how shitty was that boat ride or how good is this beer how lovely is this meal how good is this reggae bar there's also a great reggae bar at gilly tea that we went to um, and they were so good by the way like just the performers were unreal but so that's kind of where I was at. So my second day, actually, um, on Gilly T, I rented a bike. Oh, this is a story in itself, too, because at my shitty Airbnb that I went to that I will not out the name of because I still have enough respect for them because they tried really hard to be super sweet. But I ended up renting a bike from them. And so here's me being like, it, it cost uh, 35,000 Indonesian rupees, which is like, basically, it's in round numbers, three, 350. Not much. $3.50 to rent a bike for the day I'm in. So I gave him the money and away I went and I'd packed this little backpack and I packed some snacks in it and my water bottle, my book, a journal, my sunnies, uh, sun protection. Like I was ready for a day of just, basically my goal was just bar hop by myself and beach hop all the way around the island. So 7K of just giver and end up on the West so that I could watch the sunset. I'm a sucker for sunrises and sunsets. So away I went. And by the time you actually get, so I was about um, halfway, basically like at the three o'clock of the island. Uh, when you actually get off, that's where the ferries will drop you. And I wasn't far from that walking wise. I might have been like a, an eight minute walk from the ferries. So I was very much around the three o'clock portion of the island. So when I jumped on the bike and I made it all the way up to 12 o'clock, at the end, you really have to kind of have an idea of where you're going. Thank you, maps me. So I had an idea that I just needed to kind of cut across the top of the island and then end up back on the beach and then continue cruising around. So by the time I got to the other side of the island, there was um, this, this I think it was a tourist, but basically just said, uh-oh, uh-oh, no air. <laughs> so I looked down at my front tire and sure enough, there is no air in my front tire. But I hadn't really paid too much attention to it because I guess I hadn't noticed much of a difference in my ride, which makes me sound like an idiot. But I was just looking around, right? I was so consumed with everything that I was looking at and seeing around me. It's beautiful. Oh, 
so now I'm on the other side of the island and I don't have any way of contacting the the person that I'd now rented this bike from. So, and I, I wasn't really keen on, you know, paying the extra to take one of these little horse buggies back to my Airbnb. So I thought, whatever, I'll walk. Well, by the time I got back, now my day is a half shot. So I had to walk the few kilometers back, pushing this flat tired bike all the way back. And I don't think he understood because it takes a lot to upset me, but I was hot and it was humid out. And I was frustrated that now, you know, a, quite a while in my day is now shot because I've been, you know, pushing this flat tired bike around. So I brought it back and he's like, oh no. And I said, yeah. And I pointed on the map. I said, I was here. I walked from there to here. And he's like, uh-oh, new bike? And I went, nap, forget it. So I thought at this point too, I kind of had a, looked at the inventory of his bikes. I thought, nah, these all look a bit, a bit shoddy. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to risk it. So then he tried to tell me that he would give me a little bit of the money back, but not all of it because I needed to replace the tube. And I kind of looked at him like, not a chance, dude. Like this is on you. So anyway, I, I just smiled at him. I said, I'll talk to you later. And I went out and I ended up renting another bike from a much better, it's just a more establishing. So again, it cost um, 50,000 rupees, which is, you know, ish $5. And away I went. And this was a much better adventure. It even had a basket on the front and I put my things in the basket and away I went. So finally, by the time I got to around the 12 o'clock, it was spectacular. The sun was up top, beautiful. Laid on the beach for a little bit, read my book. I wrote a little bit and then continued around the island. So the sunset was amazing. I'm so happy that I made it over there. I was not surprised at how many people were over there because, you know, the sunset is the thing to do for sure. So many people taking selfies. Uh, this is kind of also when I was still feeling that loneliness, but at the same time too, I was so thoroughly enjoying my day and beach and bar hopping that you know, you, and when I say bar hopping guys, I'm not partying. I was just kind of, you know, I'd go and I would sit on one of these bean bags under a little tiki hut or on the beach on a lounger and have a bintang rattler or something like that. Just, just enjoy my day. But yeah, so that was that. And then I ended up making it back after the sun had gone down. And I think I actually met up with Chris and Dave that night too, actually for dinner, which was good. We hunted down a guy at a restaurant called Black Penny, which if you go to Gilly Tea, go to Black Penny, fabulous food, and introduce yourself to Toby. Toby is a legend. <laughs> He's just an employee that lives or that uh, lives near the island and works there, so he was great. Uh, and then, <clears throat> so from there, the next day I had decided that, you know what, I've got another full day here. Let's just kind of see what gives. So I didn't have the bike at this point. I just kind of wandered up and down uh, the east side of the island. And then I had this kind of feeling, I thought, well, I'm really close. I might as well just go and tour around on Gilly Menno or Gilly Air. And I had just missed one of the ferries over. So I thought, okay, well, whatever, I guess it's not meant to be. So a little bit further up the island, I saw this snorkeling tour. You guys, it was the equivalent of $15. I was blown away and $15 included the, the fins and the snorkel. And I thought, perfect. So I jumped on a snorkeling tour, which was great. We kind of zigzagged in and around the Gili Islands. Uh, this is, if you've ever seen it in Gili Menno, I'm sure if you saw a picture of it, um, you'd actually recognize or maybe recognize this, this statue. It's a big circle statue of men and women standing in a circle. There's some lying on the, on the ground. Actually, if you Google Gili Menno statue, you'll see it. So we got to see that. And funny enough, that was on my bucket list and I hadn't even really planned on that. I generally will actively pursue things on my bucket list. So that was a lovely, easy, hello, check off my bucket list. Got that. 
And then when we went to the other side of the island, there were sea turtles, little ones, big ones. Um, like I was so, so thrilled to see that. Um, they're so graceful. So that was definitely a highlight. And then we went over to the other side of Gilly Air and there was a reef that was there. Super sad as a diver and as a, as a snorkeler too, to just see that there's so much damage to the reef, unfortunately. So that was a bit sad to see. But again, it's just, it's a, it's an unfortunate reality. So quite a reminder of uh, depletion of the reefs around the world. And then we went to Gilly Air and we had some food. And that was really great too, because I'd actually met this young lad named um, Emerald, which is such a cool name. And this other lovely lady um, named Marilong. I'm pretty sure that's how I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, they were both from Germany. Really interesting people, very cool. Emma was only like 24 years old. And the other lady that I met, um, she's a medical doctor, but she actually works as a consultant helping people around the world increase their business and teaches them acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Very interesting woman. Uh, I tried to kind of see if she would be super keen on being on the podcast, and I don't think she had much interest in it, but uh, that would have been a really cool guest. Uh, and then on the snorkeling tour as well, that day I met two lads um, originally from Sri Lanka, but they are both living in London, England, Robert and Artie. Also super cool dudes. Um, Artie wasn't feeling it by the end of the day, but Robert and I went out for a lovely dinner together. And um, then actually Artie ended up feeling a bit better by the end of the night. So met us out at one of these bars. And then I called it a night because I'm part Nana and I was tired and ready for bed. So then on the 23rd, I ended up going from Gilly Tea to a place called Nusa I'm going to butcher this. I try so differently to say it, but it's Nusa Lembongan. It's L-E-M-B-O-N-G-A-N, Lembongan, whatever. It was awesome. And I was so stoked because this Maps Me app, right? It kind of allows me to see even where I am in the, in the water when you're on the boat. So I jumped on this, this little ferry and the neat thing was is that I was back on that huge boat and I actually thought that I had, I had booked my... Airbnb near a place that is kind of on the the southwest part of Lemongan and it was in a place called Mushroom Bay but I booked there because that's where I had been told the ferry drops us off well it didn't but that's okay these are first world problems so I was on the big boat and then they actually take you to these floating rafts that are floating in the water these big big floating raft dock things they take the big boat they dock it there then you disembark and then they put you onto smaller boats and then they take you from there in between Lemongan and Nusa Senningen. And there's, um, there's a place that they can actually drop you off there and then you get a driver, So which was, which was really great. I must have misunderstood something because I totally heard Mushroom Bay was originally where I was told I was gonna be dropped off, that it was a four minute walk, but instead it was from the big boat onto a little boat over to this place on the other side of the island, which is there's a, a bridge that connects uh, Nusa Lemongen and Nusa Senningen and so anyways that's where I hopped off and then I had to take a, a shuttle which is picture this little the front of it looks like a van or a little truck that has had the the front end chopped off like one of those little I don't even know what it's called a little squished nosed van front and then like a pickup truck back with a cover and then there's two benches that face each other in the back and those are the shuttles that they have on these little islands so hopped in the back of those and it cost me about five bucks to get through and then this is again where that maps me thing had come in really handy because I'm going through these little goat trails with this guy 
through these back bushes and he's like, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> like just trying to, it's okay, reassure me that we are going where we're going. And sure enough, he did drop me off here. And this place just felt like heaven. It was 10 times better. So the Airbnb that I stayed on in Lemogen was called, uh, it looks like Naturali, but it's Natural Guest House. N-A-T-U-R-A-L-E, Guest House. And it's down near Mushroom Bay. It was fabulous. The staff were amazing. I felt very much at home. I was over the moon because, you know, I walk into this little place. I've got my own big bedroom, king-size bed. There's an air conditioner if I needed it. I actually didn't need it. Um, there's a kettle, there's tea, there's coffee, there's water bottles, there's extra towels, there's a nice big bathroom, there's a little pool out front, there's a spot to sit out where I could read my book when I woke up in the morning. I, it just felt like it was such a, a contrast to the place that I had just been. So yes, I was very, very happy from that. So I ended up actually taking the rest of that day and I stayed pretty chill um, because I knew that I was going to get up also, there goes the, the boat thing, is because you've been on a boat for so long and then a little boat... And then in the back of this vehicle that's throwing you around the back roads of this island, um, I just felt like I needed to be still for a little bit. I ended up going down. I watched the sunset, which was spectacular. Came back, ended up going to bed early, but I had booked a, a snorkeling trip here as well because uh, seeing the manta rays, diving with the manta rays or snorkeling with the manta rays is on my bucket list. So I saw that, booked it, and... It was supposed, you were supposed to leave the next morning around nine o'clock from, or 8.30, I guess, 8.30 from where I was staying. So that's what I did. So away we went in the morning. So the next morning I jumped on this snorkeling trip and we got onto these boats and away we went. We actually made three stops. So the first one was up a beautiful crystal clear water. Um, it's up near a reef and there was actually much more color. It seemed to be much more live, beautiful fish, some they look fluorescent. They're spectacular. So many different species of fish. Now this is up at the north, northwest tip of Nusa Lemongen. So we stayed there for quite a while. And the neat thing was too is that there was enough of a current that even, I'm a strong swimmer, but even for those of us that just kind of wanted to ride with it, you know, you didn't really have to work that hard and the water was much warmer there too. It was just enjoyable just to kind of float around and the water was so clear. You could see four Oh, I don't know, some, some guy had estimated, you know, 20 plus meters, which was very different than anything that I had done at that point. So I was very, very pumped about that. Then we went around to Crystal Bay, um, which we stayed there for a lot longer than we were originally supposed to, but it's because the one guy had a radio and he was radioing back and forth with a guy that was over near where we were supposed to be seeing the manta rays. And he kept, uh, I guess, just trying to monitor um, the, the waters were awful. They were very, very rough. The swell was gigantic. Um, and, in, in, and apparently it's much colder over there as well, because you're in the, the bigger water. It's not so still. Um, and again, like I said, with the, the swell and then the waves and everything, and you're on this small boat. And I think there was 12 people on our boat total. But away we went. So after we had quite a significantly long stop at Crystal Bay, which was also lovely, that was where I met these two lovely girls from the UK. Claire and Allison, and they are sisters, and oh gosh, I felt so lucky to have met them because, again, it was almost like I had said out loud something about, you know, starting to be a little bit lonely, and, and you know, it sounds so bizarre to feel lonely when you're so surrounded by other people, but whatever, I, I, I was, and um, obviously having some things going on in my own personal life emotionally, 
it was just nice to have some people to connect with. So big shout out to those girls because I really enjoyed my time with them. And this day even gets better, by the way, because this day just got crazy. So we go out, we are on our way out to see the manta rays. We ended up spending a lot of time bouncing around in the water out there and the swell and the waves. We did not see the manta rays. So that is still on my bucket list. Um, I have an idea of when I'm going to do it again already in the back of my mind, but the highlight, I guess, of that was that even though we didn't see the manta rays, and obviously you can't control that because they're wild, wild dolphins were swimming around us. And because the water was so cold, there were some people that were really reluctant to jump back in. They thought, if I'm not going to see the manta rays, I am not going in the water, so forget it. Um, and we were all wrapped in our towels and the wind had picked up at this point too, so it was quite rough. And then, you know, the dolphins are back. And then they'd disappear for a little while and then they'd be back and they seemed to be getting closer and almost as if they were showing a little bit of interest in our boats. So I'd said to Allison and Claire, I was like, if they come any closer, I'm jumping in. Like, I need to see this. This is really cool. So uh, we all hopped in when they got pretty close and they disappeared a little bit afterwards. And then everyone on the boat was like, there they are, there they are. So there was only three of us in the water actually when the dolphins had come back and I just punched it towards towards them without chasing them. I kind of went perpendicular to them and then just sat in the water and I just enjoyed it and I just floated there and embraced it. And I would have said that I would have been, oh, I don't know, not like 10 meters-ish from about four of them that I saw. There was There was a much bigger group of them than that, but I was, I saw a bit four of them. They were right at surface level. There was some under the water, but again, because the water was so clear, you really had that sense of peace. So just floating around in the water, in the deep, deep ocean with these beautiful, happy little animals swimming around me was very special. I felt very lucky. And then we went back and then, oh, and someone was asking, cause I had posted this thing. I don't know the story behind it, but a boat sunk. There was a boat that sank and we drove by it. I had posted this in an Instagram story last week. Uh, it was not our boat, uh, but scary, super scary to think that we just saw the nose of this boat floating and there was a boat beside it and it actually looked like a passenger boat. The front of a lot of these boats look like the sailing, the sailing tips that have that, um, it's almost like a steel frame that kind of comes around the front. It's like a big pipe or whatever that you'd be able to stand at the front of the boat or sit or whatever. Uh, but that's, it was a passenger boat. So I just can't imagine what it would have been like to be one of the people that was on that boat. But we saw probably a, a meter and a half, maybe two meters of the of the nose of the boat kind of floating and bobbing around as it was slowly sinking. And then this other boat sitting beside it, just, you know, I guess uh, having some last words with this poor boat as it was sinking. But it's so sad to think that that's, that's a group of people's livelihood. That's, that's what they do for their income. It's a, a tour, you know, you think of the motor that's attached to that. You think of all of the belongings that are in it, uh, you know, that helps this business run or th their business run or shuttle people around for their income. So that was a bit devastating for them. Um, we couldn't believe that we were actually kind of floating by this boat as it was sinking. So yeah, that's that. I don't actually know the full story besides, besides that. So we ended up coming back. Um, I said bye to the girls, but we had also said too, you know, I'll WhatsApp you later, see what's up. So we went back. Um, they went back to their Airbnb. I went back to mine, chilled out for a little bit. And then they had sent a message that was early afternoon by the time we actually got back from that snorkeling tour. And then about an hour later, they said, what are your thoughts on going to the blue lagoon? You know, we can go on motorbikes or we can get a driver and we can go down to Nusa Senningen, which is the, the island that's between the islands that we were staying on and the large one, which is called Nusa Panida. 
And the two islands actually, Lemongen and Senningen, they're actually attached by a little passenger bridge, just a little walking bridge, but you can actually take little uh, motorbikes across it as well. So they said, you know, if you're super keen, there's enough bikes that they can either, you know, we can all sit on the back of one of them, they can take us over, drop us off, and then come and get us later or whatever, which I thought was really cool. And I thought, actually, you know what, this might be a perfect opportunity for me to rent one on my own and then go with them. Because I felt like I was going to be quite comfortable driving one by myself. I was just a little bit hesitant to go and do so on my own, not knowing where I was going. And also because I am alone, right? I'm traveling by myself. And um, also because I'd heard someone on Gilly T mention that, you know, one of their friends had taken a nasty spill, but it was because they got a little bit nervous and, um, you know, I guess someone on a, on a scooter had come a little bit close to them and they just kind of freaked out and had, had taken a bit of a spill. Now, yes, I was wearing a helmet and yes, I decided to commit. So I did, I rented one. And what was really great about um, this, this team was that um, I think it was Eero, which was the, um, the lady who owned this place and her husband Kutut. So each one of them had a motorbike and they each, so one had Claire and one had Allison on the back. And then I just rode in the middle of them in between the three bikes, which was really great. So how good was that though, to be able to just, follow someone and just feel like it didn't really matter if I knew where I was going or not because they did. We get to this place called the Blue Lagoon. This is all the same day as the snorkeling too. Like this day was awesome. So away we go and we make it all the way to the Blue Lagoon. Um, you know, Iro and Katut, they left us there. So I parked the, the bike that I was driving there. Um, and then they took off and they said, you know, we'll come back. Just keep us posted as to when you guys want to come back. Uh, and then we just started exploring and the blue lagoon was one of also another picture that I had posted on the safe haven podcast Instagram page. And I think I showed it to Facebook as well. It was indescribable. Th this color blue, it's, you, you wonder if it's even real. How, how is the water that bright? And it was so powerful. Wow. Because when you actually looked down too, it, you could just see, you know, these, these currents and as the swell and as these waves are coming into this bay, just so powerful. You do not mess with the ocean. So we walked around and we took a few photos and we had a few really great chats, met some, um, met some other travelers, you know, that had either taken our photos for us or we took their photo. And then we continued walking around the tip of the pier that was there. And then we found this place. We'd been talking about how the girls knew of someone who had said that there was a place around the Blue Lagoon, the secret something, they, they couldn't remember what it was called, and that it had the best pizza ever. So sure enough, when we're walking back to, and I said, oh, well, you know, there's, there's my bike. And we turned left, and sure enough, there's this place called the secret spot, or the secret something, whatever it was called. And so we decided, well, this is actually maybe a really good time. We'll go and we'll have some pizza and enjoy the afternoon, and then we'll try and make it back for sunset, which we did. So the pizza was fabulous. Hung out there for a little while. The, we kind of looked down this beach, which was great. And then um, the hosts from their Airbnb came back. We drove back, parked the bike. Uh, they ended up doing their thing for a little while. I ended up just having a shower. And then we reconvened, and we went down, and we did sunset. We did two-for-one. This is great. Two-for-one. Uh, happy hour drinks and we had some dessert because we still felt full from the pizza really enjoyed our evening got lost in conversation which was so nice and then we called it a day 
Uh, I feel so grateful to have met those two girls. So big shout outs to, to them both. They're so lovely. Uh, the next day actually was really great too because this is where I just took a day to explore. So just I was exploring on foot this day. I just felt like I needed some exercise. So I wandered around, found a few beaches, went to a place called um, Devil's Tear. Holy or Devil's Tear or Devil's Tears or whatever it is. Devil Tears, whatever. Devil's Tears. And wow, again, huge waves and huge splashes. I wish that I could you know, show you listeners these these pictures and these videos that I had taken because if you were able to just sit and wait and, and watch these waves and the swell roll in, holy smokes. The Again, I'm just in awe of the ocean. It is so powerful. So I really enjoyed my morning and my early afternoon kind of touring around there. Ended up having lunch by myself there, reading. I'm currently, again, I was currently reading um, Everything is Fucked as part of a book club that I don't, <laughs> I don't even know where my book club buddy is in his book. And, um, and then I'm also reading The Alchemist and I'm over halfway through The Alchemist now. I thought I'd read it before. I was sure I had, but I definitely haven't and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So that is another one that I'm, I'm uh, going to finish up this trip for sure. And then I came back and I was just, I was trying to avoid, um, you know, being back at the Airbnb and just sitting. I wanted to continue exploring. So I made my way down to this beach that was, you know, a few hundred meters away from the Airbnb that I was staying at. And I get down to the bottom of the hill where this beach is. And there's people that are standing frantically on the beach and they're waving their arms and they're screaming and they're pointing. And I, I have no idea what's going on at this point. So there's this girl that's sitting over in the shade and... It's just like basically where I had walked down the hill. And I said to her, I was like, what is going on? And so she had a North American accent, which, you know, was, I was like, oh, where are you from? So we kind of started talking. So we had some entertainment that wasn't, you know, happily happy styles of entertainment. It was more like these, these two guys, these two tourists had been trapped on, um, these are volcanic islands, right? So there's, there was this big, imagine like this, this part of this rock, almost like the Hopewell rocks. Um, out east in Canada, but they're they're smaller around the middle, and then they've got these big bulbs. They're almost built like a mushroom. That's kind of what they look like. But these guys had been trapped. I don't know what their story was. All we saw was that they were being thrown around by these massive waves. I can imagine they were so banged up by it, but they were basically trying to be rescued because the waves were so big and so hectic and aggressive and violent that these guys couldn't make it anywhere. They were basically stuck. So. Jess, um, my new friend, Jess and I, I ended up watching these guys that were standing on the side of this one rock get completely ragdolled by a wave. Um, and then eventually, I guess they made it back to this one particular one that was just shaped like a mushroom and they stood behind it and just waited. So the people that were watching, I guess, were part of a tour group. And I, again, I don't know their story, but um, we watched them get rescued by this lifeguard and I hope that they're okay, um, whether they were doing something silly or whether it was just some shitty circumstances hopefully they're okay uh, but yeah again you just do not mess around with the ocean she is powerful so Jess and I watched that for a little bit and then we had kind of you know just got lost in conversation we were having a great time and kind of just chit-chatting about anything and everything and where we were at in life and what our jobs are and what relationships like have been over the last little while where we're at now um, what do you have lined up for for your next little while traveling and your trips and stuff and then we, again, we just kind of lost track of time. We ended up getting roasted. So we both just said, okay, let's, um, let's go for 
the two for one, the two for one uh, cocktails over at the bar, and then we'll make it back for sunset, which is exactly what we did. So we went over and we had the two for one, and just enjoyed being in the shade for a little bit. Made it back for sunset, and then we ended up actually going out for dinner that night. And I'm actually planning on going down to Uluwatu tomorrow to go and meet up with Jess again, and we're going to do some temples together and more sunsets. And I'm very much looking forward to that again. She's she's lovely, and I definitely feel like that will be a friendship that I will maintain for sure. Speaking of friendships that are going to be lifelong as well, Juliet, thank you so much for sharing Dorian, because now I've met a new friend that I had been kind of chit-chatting back and forth with uh, last week and the week prior, uh, when I'd asked Juliet, you know, do you have any friends here that you think would have a story that they'd be super keen on sharing for the podcast? And she thought about Dorian and she said, actually, you know what, Dorian might actually have some really great stories to share. So we'd been talking just WhatsApping here and there. We'd never met, but we, we instantly kind of had connected. Um, and then when I started thinking about the trips that I was going to do, so I just got back from eight days away, eight, 10 days away, whatever. And then I had said to her, you know, when I come back, do you have any interest in going up to Ubud? And she jumped on it. She's like, yes, absolutely. We'll take my bike. You can ride on the back. We'll just travel light. It'll be great. We'll go for a night or two. We'll go do a sound healing at the Pyramids of Chi. We'll do some yoga. We'll eat some delicious food. We'll explore the temples, maybe see the monkeys. And I'm like, uh, yeah, sign me up. So it was great. So I had just come back. I spent, I just spent the one night here, Monday night. She picked me up Tuesday. So Tuesday, yeah, uh, two days ago was when we met. And we just hit it off. It was just instant. We went to Ubud and we went to the Pyramids of Chi for a sound healing. And I'd never been to a sound healing before. So this is really interesting, very new for me as well. I'd heard lots about it, but the the incredible thing too is that these sound healing experiences here in Ubud, they take place in these massive pyramids. So you actually walk in and in the very center of them, they have uh, Tibetan singing bowls, they have crystal singing bowls, they have um, wind chimes, they have gongs, they have different instruments, they use their voices. And then you actually find one of these beds or these mattresses around. So this is where you, like I said, you were, you're laying in Shavasana and um, we had a bolster under our legs, a pillow under our heads, and then you cover yourself up with a blanket, uh, sandbag on your eyes, I think I said that, and you just relax. So the whole idea here is that this is a practice that uses vibrations. So these can be uh, vocal or instrumental, like these gongs, right? And the singing bowls and tuning forks, whatever. And then they try and relax your mind and body. The whole experience start to finish was unlike anything that I've ever experienced. And, uh, you know, sitting beside or laying beside Dorian and just knowing that we were in this together was really special as well. We both really enjoyed it. And for an hour and a half, um, the, the drumming, the drumming really got me actually the drumming. And it's interesting too, because even having had a meditation practice and a yoga practice, um, you know, I've worked very hard at being able to help bring an awareness to the thoughts that kind of come and go in my mind, but without actively engaging in them or just allowing myself to disconnect and and really embrace these kinds of things. But there were certain sounds that really resonated with me. Um, I would go back and do that again in a heartbeat. I loved it. That was awesome. Then we decided to go and check in at our Airbnb and dropped our stuff off. Then we went for lunch and then we wandered around a wood. We went in and out of a variety of stores, wandered around. We actually were going to go down to this um, the, the monkey 
monkey forest, but it was closed. So we ended up just by the early evening, kind of wandering in and out of places. We went for a gelato. Then we grabbed some snacks and a few drinks and we just wandered back to our Airbnb and just, again, got lost in conversation and still getting to know one another. Had a great time and went to bed early because we're both nanas. And that's why we just kept laughing at how how many different ways we clicked and how similar we were in that. So we definitely were keen on that. And also about getting up early so that we could walk to the yoga barn, also super awesome, and do a great yoga practice in the morning. So great bed. Uh, we stayed at this place called Odi Ode, and that was the Airbnb that we stayed in Ubud. It was great. Got up early the next morning. We fasted for the morning, and we didn't have breakfast until we had come back from our yoga practice, which we went to a place called the Yoga Barn in Ubud fabulous setting it's in the jungle and it's so surrounded by just natural beauty and the the room that we actually practiced in as well had big massive windows the sun was coming through the window and we had such a beautiful view of these trees and flowers and this gorgeous sacred little garden loved it Wandered back from there. At this point, it was so hot. We had a lovely breakfast that we got to have actually on the little back deck out behind the Airbnb that we'd had. Then we just decided after we kind of showered and changed and whatever that we would continue wandering around and had lunch at this place called Alchemy, which was also fabulous. Really enjoyed that. Dorian, the sweetheart, she ended up covering lunch, which I just felt I was, I, I couldn't even express my gratitude for the whole experience that we had together. And as, as you know, we went up to, to pay, she's like, Amanda, I've enjoyed this more than I can articulate. So, you know, please let me grab lunch. And I thought, oh, you are so sweet. So Dorian and I definitely have established a friendship that we will maintain for life. I know it. And she and I are actually going to hang out again next week before I head back to Canada. And then when we were on our way back, we just kind of took our time and back on the motorbike and we came back to Chenggu have made some plans for next week to hang out, do a recording, maybe go for breakfast or a nice long walk or maybe do some yoga or something like that next week when she's got time. But again, even you know when we were saying goodbye, both of us were just so overwhelmed at how easy this friendship has, has started and how easy it was to connect and how open we were to talk about anything and everything with one another. So this kind of stems back into what I wasn't going to dive deep into, just about how being a solo traveler, it sounds silly to think about being lonely or feeling lonely when you can be so surrounded by people, right? You can be, there's people everywhere. There are single people everywhere. There are couples everywhere. There are families everywhere. But somehow, even with all that buzz around you, you can experience loneliness. And there's such a difference between being alone and feeling lonely. And how often it's that feeling of lonely that really will teach you some lessons. And, you know, one of my own personal practices has just been sitting and honoring, sitting with and honoring your emotions. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, you know, just embrace them because there's lessons in every single one of them. And... When I was sitting in Gili Tea on some of those beaches, really reflecting, and I kept thinking, you know, this is this is awful. You know, I'm questioning, did I book too long? Should I have stayed this long? You know, I'm wondering about uh, jobs, and I've already applied to a bunch of jobs back in BC, but I hadn't necessarily heard back from any. Am I doing the right thing? Am I being irresponsible? You just question everything, right? And then 
sure enough, you meet these people and you feel like you're back on track. You feel like things are actually way more in line and aligned for you than you'd recognized. You kind of touch base with home and you reconnect and you feel good. And feelings and experiences like that aren't forever. So I knew that it was going to end. I knew that it was going to come to a close or a wrap up at some point. I just didn't know when. And that was kind of uncomfortable for me to sit with. But now being on the other side of it, having another five, six days here before I jump on the flight home, I guess to my new home, Vancouver, for a little while, maybe long-term, who knows, that I just feel like Bali could not have come at a better time. Considering I booked this months ago, I didn't realize the areas in my life that I needed physical, emotional, and mental space from until I've been here and have had things come up either here or have happened back home that I have been so far removed from that I've been able to deal with it and digest it on my own, at my own pace, on my own terms. And that that in itself has been super empowering too because you know, just because I'm hearing one thing, I'm not able to physically, you know, someone said the right thing, so I'm not physically able to just run back and see what that's all about. Or, um, you know, I, I miss someone or I feel super without in, in some way. So, but I'm so far removed that I can't just jump back into my old ways or jump into old patterns. You know, you're being forced to physically sit through the time and the space and digest. And I feel so eternally grateful for my time here. So that's, I think that that's how I'm going to end this TGIT. I hope that you've, <laughs> I hope that if you're still with me right now, that you've, uh, you've taken something from it or that you've, you know, kind of had these updates because again, like, you know, when I've been posting some things and people have been asking me questions about, you know, what is this or what's the story behind that or where is this blue lagoon or whatever, um, and I had a bit of a plan as to what I was actually going to write out or, or speak about today that I, I really hope that that has kind of wrapped things up a little bit for you. And next week actually is going to be a doozy as well. So that one might get a little bit, a little bit deeper. Thank you so, so much for your consistency and for your loyalty to the safe haven. This podcast has been more than I could have ever anticipated. And with the guests and still the connections that are happening, it just makes me feel so happy and so grateful. I appreciate all of you listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Another episode of the Safe Haven Podcast, TGIT, wrapping up with you now. Please make sure that you like, subscribe, rate, tell all your friends, and comment in these episodes as you follow along. Your generous support keeps the sharing and messages coming your way. You can find the Safe Haven Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and on Podbean and you can also follow along on Instagram at the Safe Haven Podcast for the latest updates. I'll talk to you next week.